if you were to picture this person and if you pictured them treating either your future daughter or one of your best friends or like if you have a sister any other person that you love if you were to watch them treat them like that would you be okay with it all things con amor is the pursuit of holistic health wellness happiness love the things that really set our soul on fire enjoy the ride hello hello and welcome back to all things con amor i am your host stephanie arnak and i do sound different and i'm trying my best to get over it but i got braces put on about a month ago now and at first they were really really painful i got the brackets put on the inside of my teeth long story short that's why i sound the way i do but if you don't mind which most people say they don't mind we'll get into this episode. This is basically just a catching up, a reintroduction to this podcast, to myself. I am currently a third year medical student. I'm on my psychiatry rotation. I started in July with pediatrics and then I had OBGYN in August and now it is September and it has been quite a while since I posted an episode and for a while I was beating myself up about it as we tend to when we have a passion project and we drop it and then we feel so responsible for not being the most dedicated version of ourselves. And this is where I think the concept of grace is so important, having grace with yourself. And I get asked for advice pretty often, which was part of why I decided it would be neat to have a podcast and be able to share these thoughts and things that I've picked up um, on over the years through other podcast episodes. And a really big recurring theme is how would you respond if someone you loved was telling you your dilemma? So like my dilemma was that I was beating myself up for being so behind on episodes and not being more consistent. And if I was talking to one of my friends in medical school and they were telling me the same thing about their content or their podcast or their writing, I would tell them that it absolutely does not matter because at the end of the day, a passion project is something you do because it brings you joy. And because it is a creative outlet that if you choose to share, other people can then enjoy. And so I just wanted to remind you that if you've put a project down and you've been thinking about it and you've been missing it, but you feel like maybe it's been too long or you would be bad at it, I kind of feel this way with teaching yoga too because it's been a few months since I've gotten to teach a class. But it's it's always there for you to come home to. I think a lot of the things we love end up becoming muscle memory. It's like riding a bicycle. So know that the things that bring you joy are always waiting for you to come home to them and it's really just a question of making the time for it and for me that's sitting down and stopping my scrolling on tiktok to record a quick episode for you guys to catch you all up we'll do the q a questions that i like the most first and then i will give you guys a brief synopsis of what third year medical school looks like um, for all of my pre-med listeners but for everyone I'm so happy that you're back and that you're here with me and thank you for taking the time out of your day to spend this time with me. So um, the first question is, how do you prioritize friends and family in this season of life? And for me, a lot of the only reason I'm able to do anything is because I live by my planner. So I schedule things in advance and there are people who are like top of my list that I want to see and like when I go home, I reach out to them. And sometimes I go home and I only have time to spend with my family. Like that happened pretty often where I felt so bad. Like it was very clear that I was in Maryland and I only was there for like 24 or 48 hours. Like I'm going to spend that time with my family members. But 
a way that I really incorporated it within the last two years since starting medical school was I would go on these really long walks every day. You guys know I love my sunset walk. On days that I had a little bit more energy to expend socially, because we all know that our social batteries run out and sometimes we just need to be with ourselves and with our thoughts. But on days that I felt like I had the space, I would call a loved one. I would call my mom, one of my best friends, um, people that I wanted to catch up with and we would just talk about what had been going on with them and sometimes we would play phone tag like you can't expect people to only be available when you are obviously but sometimes if they happen to answer we would have a really wonderful conversation and it would be exactly what I needed that day so I think a really good way is scheduling things in advance um, calling people when you have five minutes here and there. I'm a big FaceTimer. Like I would much rather FaceTime you while I'm cooking dinner and like hear about what's going on than text you back and forth because especially on days I really long shifts at the hospital, like I can't be on my phone and then I get a little bit overwhelmed like trying to make sure that I reply to everyone. So if I can shoot a voice memo back and forth. I love doing that. So I, I really think that at the end of the day, we all have the same number of hours in a day. And there was a quote or something that said, Beyonce has the same number of hours in a day that you do. And I was like, oh man, okay. So with that notion, remembering the fact that the way you spend your time is really up to you. And like, sometimes setting timers really helps me. Like when I do want to scroll for a second and I will tell my speakers, I'm not going to say her name because she'll light up, um, to set a five-minute timer. Whenever that timer goes off, that's it. So that's, I think, a really helpful one. Um, again, scheduling things in advance and sending a text like here and there, reminding people that you love them. Like sometimes I'll just text my friends, like especially like towards the end of the week when you're like, you've, it's been like a long week and or like a Monday morning. And I'll be like, hey, just checking in. I hope you've had a fantastic weekend. Like, sending you lots of good energy to start your week and it doesn't have to be a full conversation but it's just a really easy way to let them know that you're thinking of them another way I do this is with social media I love liking people's stories reacting to people's stories I feel like that's a way that I can feel close to other people I like will update a lot of my friends simultaneously on like my close friend story things like that I feel like that's one of the more positive aspects of social media where you are able to connect with people more readily because you're seeing them more often. On the next question, we are looking at um, advice for living at home during gap years and my poor girl is going through it. So I never lived at home for a full year. Once I started college, I was home for summers. I was home for my dedicated um, when I was studying for boards in May and June, but I haven't gotten to be home for a full year since I graduated. And it is very challenging to go from having your own space, your own full jurisdiction over your time, your own autonomy to going back to just keeping your parents updated or like maybe if your family situation is different, like asking for permission before you do things or go places. It's a very difficult shift. And going back to, I guess the theme of this episode is going to be to have grace with yourself, like to extend yourself that same grace that you often give to others. Like we're so understanding and forgiving of other people, but how often are we treating ourselves with that same kindness? So my biggest response to this would just be to practice patience like maybe this is just teaching you patience right now and also if you can turn your perspective around and shift it 
to a state of gratitude. I feel like whenever I'm going through a really tough time, it's much easier to process it in a state of gratitude than it is in a state of when it's just going to end because then that feels like it just drags it out even more. So my gratitude for when I got to live at home for the few months and whatever it was, if I would get stressed out with my family members like nagging me about what I wanted to eat or when I wanted to eat and could I eat with them when I was like really stressed out and studying or like my little brother's not gonna listen to this but he leaves his clothes on the ground and it drives me insane. I'm like the clothes should not be on the ground. The hamper's right next to the bathtub. Like it's not that hard to put it in the hamper and not on the ground. And when I would find myself getting caught up and frustrated over these little things, I would remember the fact that this very well could be the last time I ever get to live with my little brother or my grandma or my mom. And I think that's like a really special notion that like you turn it around and you kind of make the best of it. And then also if it is really overwhelming and you just don't get along with your family members, I've been talking to a few friends about this theme recently actually. And First of all, I just want to really, really, really absolutely normalize living with your family members. It's a very common thing. Living alone is very expensive. Living with roommates can be difficult if you can't find people you like really enjoy living with because living with someone else is a very, very personal thing. Like You're in each other's space all the time. So just wanted to remind you that if you are living with your family, you're not the only one. Like I'm sure social media can really make it look like everyone is buying their own house right now and moving and success is not defined by where or who you live with and how quickly you've gotten that like I really believe in divine timing and you simply are where you need to be right now and it's also such a financially intelligent decision to make if I could live with my mother I would love to but I got accepted to medical school in New York so that's where I am but Honestly, during your fourth year of medical school, you jump around and you do sub-eyes, which are basically like audition rotations at different hospitals. And if the opportunity arises, I might just leave all of my stuff in storage and make my home base be with my mother um, between the flying out and living in Airbnbs and who knows what next year will bring. Yeah, treating, treating yourself with grace, knowing that it is so human of you to get frustrated or fed up or have disagreements with people closest to you. And then trying to put yourself in their shoes like what is it that you can perceive about the situation from their point of view that can maybe alleviate your anxiety or your tension about it and a lot of times we might not see it in the moment but our family members are always treating us out of love they're like doing their best everyone's always doing the best that they can so maybe they make remarks that you don't find to be so nice but most often it's because they care they wouldn't say anything at all if they didn't care uh, I hope that's helpful. And the last topic we're going to hit, it's going to be a quick, short, and sweet episode today, is dating, casual dating advice. The best advice I've ever gotten on this, not even like someone told it to me. It's like you scroll on TikTok and someone says something and you're like, oh, that's smart. Actually, I saw this thing, this post the other day, and they were like, I'm going to start saying that when people ask me where I found out about something, I'm going to start saying that I read it in the New York Times. And I thought that was hysterical. But I do follow like a lot of therapists and, um, psychologists and stuff so I find it really interesting the way interpersonal relationships and dynamics affect us the way people react to certain things why they react to things the way they do so advice on casual dating I haven't done a lot of it in my time but at the end of the day going into it with no expectations I think is really really helpful because we often have a way when we first meet someone of building them up to be this 
perfect person and especially if you really like them like it's really easy to do that so if you can release that expectation that version of them that you don't truly know because like when you first meet someone you don't really know them that well and make sure that you are being your most authentic self when you hang out with them make sure that you are actually acting the way you would as if you were around friends I think is so important because sometimes I think it's easy to put on this version of ourselves that we hope that they will like and someone that seems a little bit more confident or it's easy for nerves to kind of pull us out of who we really are but if you go into a date and think to yourself oh I'm gonna meet a new person and it'll be fun like regardless of what happens you get to make a new connection with someone whether or not you keep talking after that date or not is not really what you should be focusing on you should be focusing on intentionally listening to what they have to say seeing if you actually enjoy being in their presence and honestly when you act like you're just hanging out with a friend i would say you have a much better experience because you're a little bit more relaxed and if you do end up continuing to talk you won't have to continue putting on this front that you thought that they would like you they already know you as you are and so I can be like pretty loud, pretty straightforward, and I try to show that version of myself that I show around my friends whenever I'm first meeting someone that I'm considering dating because I would kind of rather them know what they're going to get themselves into. Like I used to be kind of self-conscious about guys knowing that I have a podcast or um, that I really enjoy social media. Like I worried that they would think it was going to be a lot or obnoxious. And then it got to the point where I decided that one, I don't think it's a lot or obnoxious, so if they do, they're not the right person for me, and I deserve to be with someone that is super supportive in the way that, like, I want to be very supportive of someone else, so the more you can just, honestly, if you can get ready with a friend or on FaceTime, play your favorite songs before you're going wherever you're going, and center yourself, do some affirmations, remind yourself of what a special, beautiful, unique human being you are, because at the end of the day, they are never going to meet someone else that is exactly like you. Like that's the cool thing about dating and meeting new people. And know that it's not that serious. Like it's not that deep. Like you probably won't remember it in five years. That's always my motto. Like when I'm upset about something and my brother recently kind of reminded me of it. He was like, if it's not going to matter in five years, we don't spend more than five minutes on it. And solid rule to live by because why would we allow things to take up like so much energetic space when they really aren't going to affect us in the long term. So I hope that's helpful in terms of the casual dating. In terms of like seriously dating, a few really good pieces of advice that I love is if you were to picture this person and if you pictured them treating either your future daughter or one of your best friends, or like if you have a sister, any other um, person that you love, if you were to watch them treat them like that, would you be okay with it? So... If the answer is no, I think that's where you really have to reevaluate because I am notoriously guilty for being one of those people that like really cares about people unconditionally and letting the things they do and say slide because in my head I'm always like, oh, maybe they were having a bad day, maybe they're tired. But if you're to take a step back and you think of someday having a daughter, then you perceive my future daughter getting treated the way I am being treated, if it like makes you sad or makes you feel uncomfortable or makes you angry, it's a no. It's an immediate no. And I think of also often like the future and past versions of myself and like with all of my actions and with all of my relationships, like friendships and romantic, 
Would they be happy and would they be okay with what's going on? Would they be proud? Those are all like really, really, really good questions to help things become a little bit more subjective because when you have those rose-colored glasses on, it's very, very easy to let things slide. And another really neat piece of advice that I heard was, would you be okay with your future kids ending up like them? Like, are they the type of person that you would want your future kids to end up with? Again, this is like if you're very seriously dating someone because if you are considering like building a future with them and if that future involves kids, like if they're going to be raising your future kids, like are they going to be not only a good husband, but are they going to be a good father? Also, I apologize. This is in like the terms of relationships that I personally know in terms of like straight relationships, but whatever your relationship dynamic looks like to you, I think so much of it is really about like respect. And if you are ashamed to tell a friend something they did, think that's a really big issue because at the end of the day I think if you hold yourself to high expectations and standards and you strive to be a really good human and to show up in different areas of your life you will naturally attract people who are similar to that it will be much easier to start to see the qualities that you wanted in other people in yourself so that, that was another really big thing people say to write down a list of all the qualities you want in a person. And I've done that and the list has changed multiple times over the years. But figuring out like what are your non-negotiables? Like someone that is kind, someone that is um, attentive, someone who genuinely cares, someone who is thoughtful, someone who is funny, like whatever your non-negotiables are. I would say write them all out, like write out exactly how you would want to feel in a relationship with someone and that way you are kind of mentally preparing yourself for it to arrive and you know what it feels like when it does arrive. That was my snippet. All right, so the reasons I've been gone. I was originally supposed to take my boards like early mid-June. I was not, not doing well with how many hours a day I was studying and just like the amount of stress about feeling not fully confident enough in the material and my practice exams were like some would be really good and then one would be awful and wreck my confidence so I ended up deciding to push my board exams back and I remember feeling like it was the end of the world and I was so ashamed that I couldn't take them in a timely manner and at the end of the day I still took them before I started rotations which was when I had to take them by but I wanted to give myself like a week or two long break and then I just got rid of that to extend my studying time so that was where I wanted to have done a lot of podcast content and it just didn't happen and so I, I took my step one exam July 2nd and then I started my peds rotation July 5th. And I was still in Maryland. Like, I took my boards in Maryland. My mother, bless her heart, drove me and, like, waited in the car for me and, like, had snacks packed for me. Like, the most, we know, Claudia is the most supportive queen. So I had to, like, take a train back to New York. And I was still living in the Upper West Side because my lease was going up until the end of August. So I, I had to commute for over an hour every single day to get to my rotations and sometimes if you have to be there really early like the rotations I had to be there by 7 a.m I was up and leaving my house by like 5 30 earlier than that and then there were some rotations that were an hour and a half away so I was spending like three hours a day on the subway and I was trying to study for my shelf exams 
And I was trying to see my friends on the weekend because I hadn't seen them for two months. I hadn't seen them since, honestly, our white coat ceremony in early May. So everything took a back burner other than me trying to survive studying and adjusting to being at rotations and third year people do say third year is so much better and it is because you're working with patients again and it really reminds you of why you went into medicine and it really really helped alleviate the burnout of the studying because you see these cases and these syndromes that you've been memorizing for two years in real people and I think that is so beautiful and wonderful but all change is hard like humans are very very built for security and stability and to avoid change because change means that like bad things could happen evolutionarily because obviously we've progressed much quicker than evolution had over our spans so long story short that was July my birthday was at the end of July obviously I wanted to celebrate my birthday as the Leo I am and then I had to find an apartment to move to because my lease was ending end of August if you know anything about the New York real estate market you know that it has been awful like things have been unbelievably overpriced for example I had a lot of friends that like their rents went up by at least a thousand dollars which is a really big jump per month my rent was only going to go up by a hundred I love the upper west side I would have stayed if it hadn't been for the fact that it was taking me so long to get to my rotation sites so in the midst of my OBGYN rotation in August my mother again bless her soul uses her vacation days to come and stay with me for a week and help me pack and move because I lived on the top floor of a brownstone walk-up. So I would walk up and down five flights of stairs every day and like whenever I wanted to do my laundry, I had to carry it up and down five flights. And I, we basically were panicking. We were like, we can't do this in a weekend. I have to be at the hospital every day of the week. So she drove up to stay with me and every day we would fill the car full of my stuff and leave it in a storage unit so that way we would end up moving everything from the storage unit or if I couldn't find a place god forbid I would end up airbnb or something right so last minute I am like frantically emailing places on street easy like panicking if you guys want a separate episode on um I think I we did an episode with Ella about like moving to New York and like advice for that but we can do an updated one if it would help with specific questions. But I ended up finding um, an apartment in a building that I love that was close enough to the subway that I was going to need to be taking every day. And it cut my commute time down from like an hour, an hour and a half to like 30 or 40 minutes. So I found this place, like figuring out the paperwork, we're moving all week. And somehow, miraculously, we got the move-in date for two days before she was leaving. So we ended up finishing moving everything out mid-August. And then my OBGYN rotation finished and I finished unpacking and I finally found my adapter to plug in my microphone and now we are recording this episode. So I hope that gives you a little bit of an overview. The majority of my rotations are four weeks long and the schedule varies based on the hospital, based on the attending. Um, so no one's hours are exactly uniform, exactly the same. Some rotations you work weekends or nights, some you don't at all. And yeah, like I said, I've done peds. I really love peds. I really love the kids. I did OBGYN last month. Very, very badass, um, but very intense. So far, those are the two I've completed. Three-fourths of the way through psych. Uh, psych is also very, very cool. Very, very interesting. And it's neat that someone said that third year is the only time of your medical school career that you get to be these different types of doctors. Like you get to be the type of doc well not that we're all student doctors obviously but you get to practice medicine in a field other than whatever you end up specializing in which I think 
gives you a really great education because so much of it overlaps in different ways. So yeah, my next month rotation is emergency medicine. Then I have an elective. Then I have a vacation. Then I have two months of family medicine, two months of internal medicine, two months of surgery. And then I study for my next round of boards. So I hope that gave you an overview of medical school life timeline, uh, a little bit of advice, a little bit of updating, and I hope you have a really fantastic day. You can find this podcast on Instagram at all things going on what it's always linked in the bio. You can find me at Stephanie Arnuk, and I hope that this little snippet of a conversation gave you some peace. I hope you felt like we were on FaceTime together, and If you enjoyed any part of this episode and you want to tag me in it, that would absolutely make my day. Like if you want to share it on your stories or share it with someone that you think it would help. That's always at the end of the day, my goal is helping in any way that I can, because I think if you follow me on social media, you know that I've said I know what it's like to not even know what to ask, but to feel that clueless, especially in in medicine when I was applying as a pre-med. So my goal is always to be the big sister that I wish I'd had. Okay, we will see when we see you. We have two really exciting interviews scheduled for next week and I will edit them, giving myself the grace, but I'm really going to try to get back onto like a weekly or a bi-weekly posting schedule. Okay, bye.